Well, happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome back to week four, uh, our final week in our series, The Comeback Kid, all about the life and legacy of Nehemiah. Welcome to City Hills Online. So excited uh, that you are along for the ride this weekend. Thank you for those of you who have been with us uh, throughout this series and just our church family. I always just, every once in a while, I just want to pause and brag on you, tell you how much I love you, how grateful I am for you. Thank you for staying engaged in this season. Come on, church has never canceled everybody. We've just left the building, you know. We're just, we're still the hands and feet of Jesus and our communities. The way you bring people in, maybe, matter of fact, there are people joining us this weekend. I'm sure somebody invited you to join them for church online. Maybe you're at a watch party. I love that. Our church family getting together and and, and uh, viewing church together, joining church together, you kind of get that feeling of being in the room, you know, and singing with somebody because everybody knows you can't stand to hear your wife sing no more or, or somebody, you know, like somebody else worship with you. So everybody, wherever you are at a watch party or however you're joining us this weekend, so glad you're along for the ride. We are in the final week of this series on the book of Nehemiah, and I won't re-preach it all to you, but here's what I know about you. I know that you're called by God. And if you don't catch anything else I tell you this weekend, I want you to hear that statement. You are called by God to do something good. There's a good work God has for you to do in your life. You're called to do something special with your life. And this whole series has been about God using this regular guy, this cupbearer to the king of Persia named Nehemiah. He goes back to his homeland that's in shambles. Uh, it's, it's been destroyed. It's been destroyed for about 140 years. And now he's on his way back rebuilding, leading the rebuilding effort. He knows that God has called him to do something special. There's something that God has for him to do. Travels back to Jerusalem. He has a plan. He has clear vision. We talked about that a few weeks ago. He inspires people with passion. God helps him. And we said last week that, you know, the work goes down and opposition shows up. It's always true in my life. I start making progress. That's when the opposition shows up. I, I start building back and feel like I'm clawing my way back from a, a setback. And that's when, you know, that's when the enemy shows up. That's when opposition shows up. And it, and it gets crazy. And he's got enemies. We introduced last week, Sandballot, great uh, name for a baby. Tobiah, there's a new guy this week. Uh, Geshem uh, is one of the three, you know, enemies that, that Nehemiah has. And they're doing everything they possibly can to distract Nehemiah from the good work he's doing. Last week, we talked about how those enemies come to you and, and there's opposition that comes. And a lot of times you'll, you'll misunderstand opposition. You and I think, or I have the problem of thinking, well, you know, they didn't knock me down. I, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm kind of in the fight. Here's, here's what I want to tell you right up front. This is kind of the, the premise of our time together today. If the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. Write that in your notes. If your enemy can't destroy the work you're doing, he'll just distract you and delay you from completing the work. How much of your life that God's called you to accomplish is halfway done? How much of your life have you halfway accomplished because you got distracted right in the middle of it? How, how much spiritual ADD do you have? You know what I mean? Where like, where I'm doing this good work and I know God's called me to do this, and now and now I get to squirrel, you know, and I'm and, and I'm and I'm distracted, and now I'm and now I spent six months doing something else, working on something else, and I didn't realize it was the enemy all along distracting me from the good work I should have been working on. I'm already preaching good this weekend to you. 
And I want to help you this week to shut the door on the distractions to the good work that God's got for you. We'll go back to Nehemiah. We're in the sixth chapter this weekend. Nehemiah 6 starts like this. Sanballat, that's the enemy of Nehemiah. Remember Tobiah and now Geshem the Arab shows up. And the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall. Now this is where we are in the story. And that no gaps remained. Let me pause here and tell you, when God finishes something in your life, there are no gaps that remain. There are no soft spots, weak links. When God finally finishes the work He has for you, there are going to be no gaps in between. And, and, and so Nehemiah says, I finished the rebuilding the wall. No gaps remained, though we had not set up the doors to the gates. I told you last week, gates are super important in your life. They're the transition time. Most of the time, the ball of faith is dropped in a transition. Most of the time in your life and my life, I'll drop the ball of faith in a transition in between this season, that season, this door, that door, this job, that job, this relationship, that relationship. I'm in and there's this transition time and that's when you lose faith. And Nehemiah says the wall's rebuilt, but I haven't quite got the doors on the gates yet. And so Sanballat, verse 2, and Geshem sent a message asking to meet me, asking for me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. That's actually the, the name of the city. Let me give you the first tip right now in case you're taking notes. Whatever you do, never meet your enemies in a place called Ono. <laughs> like, just never aware. If the devil ever invites you to a place called Ono, just don't go. But they did. They invited Nehemiah to this, like, we just want to have a meeting with you in this village, in this place called, in, in the plains of Ono. It's interesting. It sounds like just a meeting. So they've, they've tried to discourage him. They tried, you know, there was hatred and criticism and I, you're never going to finish and this is never going to work. And now they're on, I just want to meet with you. I just, man, we just need to have a meeting. There's some things in your life, listen, that look like opportunities. This is a good opportunity for me. I can convert my critics. Like finally they're going to listen to me. You know, I can expand my influence. I'm helping you right now. I, I, I can, it's an opportunity for me to build my brand. I can make more money. This is, this is a good promotion. I can further my career. Uh, it, it, there, there's some things that I can get out of this. In this. It's just a meeting. Listen, there's some things in your life that you call an opportunity that God would call a distraction. There are some things that present themselves in your life. I feel like preaching right now at Church Online that look like opportunities for you that are really distractions from the work you should be doing. And Nehemiah, we tried the criticism. That didn't work. We tried hating on you and telling you how you're never going to be able to accomplish it. That didn't work. We tried to just, just absolutely intimidate you into stopping. That didn't work. So now... We just want to hang out, man. We just want to meet. We just, it's just an opportunity. And the, and, the, and the enemies of the work of God asked Nehemiah, can we just have a, a meeting? You know, can we just do something? Listen, there's some times in your life that it's, it's I don't think it's, let me say it this way. It's never been easier to get distracted than it is right now. It's never been easier to get distracted from the call of God on your life than it is right now. I actually think specifically to this pandemic, the season we've walked through for the last four or five months together, it is so easy to get distracted from what I should be doing on something that I could be doing. 
There's, there's some work that you ought to be working on right now, but I'm distracted by it. You and I can be great at doing things that do not matter. <laughs> there's some times in my life when I've realized, man, I did really good at that. And then, and then I was really good at something that didn't matter. It, it didn't help. It, it wasn't the call of God on my life. And, 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 and if you're not careful during this season, especially right now, come on, if the enemy can't destroy you, destroy the call of God on your life, or the good work that you've started, he'll just distract you from completing the work. And he'll probably catch you when you're, when you're hanging doors in this transition time. And I don't know when, and I don't know how we're going to, our churches will walk through this several times over the last several months, going from, from meeting together to church online, and then a new location, and then back to church online. There's transition time, and there have been people there have been people that are lost in the transition. It's distractions in transition. And the enemies of Nehemiah ask him for a meeting. And Nehemiah just says, no, he rejects it. I'm going to keep building the wall. And I got to tell you today, you got to say no to some stuff in your life. And don't say maybe when you mean no. You need to write that in your notes. Don't say maybe to the devil who's distracting you. Well, maybe I'll just go explore it. No is a complete sentence that you need to learn. No is a complete sentence to the critics, the enemies of your soul, of the good work God has for you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to rationalize why you can go distract, why you can go meet, why you can go do. No, I, I, the answer is no, I can't go. The answer is no to the negativity that I'm hearing. The answer is no to what you want to talk. No, I'm not. No. Oh, you want, you want to tell me what's wrong? No. Oh, you've got criticism? of No. Just no. You need to get a no in your spirit. Come on. There, you, you need to have a no rise up in you. And just even Jesus said no. Okay, no, not going to do that. No. No, that's not the calling I have in my life. No, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. No, I can't talk about this with you. No, we're not going to gossip like this. No. No, I'm not going with you. No, I'm not going to get distracted from this. No, I'm not going to stop doing what God's called me. No, I haven't completed the good work yet. No, I'm not meeting you in the plane of own. He just says no. He just says, he just says no. Write this down in your notes. If you're always available to everyone, eventually... You'll have nothing to give to anyone. Let me tell you that again. If you're always available to everyone and everything, eventually you'll have nothing to give to anyone or anything. If, if you say yes, let me say it this way. If you say yes to everything that comes along and everyone that comes along, eventually you'll have no more yes to give. You'll have nothing left in your life. There's some stuff you need to say no to. Just because you could does not mean you should say amen to that type amen in the notes in your chat. Just because I could doesn't mean I should. I can't give you everything. I've only got a certain amount of bandwidth in my life. I've only got a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of time. I've only got a certain amount of time on this earth to do what God's called me to do. There's some good opportunities I've been given in my life, in my ministry. Brandy and I, over two decades of ministry, we've had a lot of good opportunities that could have distracted us from the call of God on our lives. You got to develop a no. Nehemiah just says no. And they come back to him four times. The enemy's not going to give up easy. Four times with the exact same message to Nehemiah. Stop rebuilding. Let's just talk. 
Let's just, uh, we just want to have a meeting with you. And Nehemiah says no every time. And now we hear in verse 5 of Nehemiah 6. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came. So Sanballat's tired of getting rejected. So he sends his servant and he comes with a letter in his hand. And this is what it said. Listen. Listen to how the devil works. Listen to what the enemy will do if you allow him. If you allow distractions in your life. But the letter that, the, that Sanballat sent with his servant said this. Quote, there's a rumor about you surrounding nations. Everybody's talking about you. I heard a rumor about you. And Geshem tells me it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. And that's why you're building the wall. I heard a rumor about you, Nehemiah. I heard a rumor about what you're doing. I, I heard somebody say this is what you're into. I, 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 there's some gossip. I, I think this is what you're... You plan, this is how it ends in verse 6, you plan to be their king. That's what we heard about you. Geshem said it was true. I heard a rumor about you. Rumors are carried by haters. They're spread by fools. And they're believed by idiots. Now that's, a, that's probably the first time I've said idiot in the pulpit. But let me go ahead and tell you. Rumors are spread by, they're carried by haters, they're spread by fools, and they're believed by idiots. You got to be, you think that's what I'm doing here? But that's what happened. There's a rumor. There's a rumor about you. There's gossip. Oh, I heard, I know why. I heard this about church. I heard this about City Hills. I heard this about, this is their plan all along. I knew this was going to happen all along. I, and Geshem said it was true. This is what I, you never believe what I heard about you. I heard this, I read this on Facebook. And no, they can't lie on Facebook. I heard it. I read it there. There's an article that said this is what they were going to do. I heard this is what's happening. And there's gossip that happens and rumors that get spread. <laughs> Let me just tell you. You will never do big things for God if you're distracted by small-minded people. You will never do big things for God. I have never met anyone do anything big for God who is distracted by rumors and gossip and small-minded people. Now, that's hard today. That's a lot of, that's heavy pastoring on the last week. But it's the last week. I decided I could, you could handle it by now. I've built you up enough to handle it. I have never met someone used of God who gossips, spreads rumors. Distracted by rumors and gossip and small-minded people. Don't let somebody else's opinion of you disrupt God's calling on you. Don't let a rumor that somebody spread or some gossip that I heard about. Well, I heard you were trying to be king. I, I heard y'all were building this wall to be rebels. That's, not the, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Nehemiah knew that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm here for. That, that's not what God's called me to do. Verse 8, he said, I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. He just very direct. Nope, that's not true. I, I, after a few years of, of being a senior pastor now, I've learned there's sometimes I can't just beat around the bush. You know, there's sometimes I can't just kind of say, well, you know, I, we're just trying to. No, sometimes I just have to point my finger and go, well, that isn't true. Well, what you heard isn't true. Well, what they said isn't true. Well, that's not at all what happened. No, that's not, that, that's not, there's no truth in any part of your story. You're making up the whole thing. <laughs> Nehemiah just says, go back and tend, send, t tell your, you know, your master Sanballat, go ahead and tell him, you made that whole thing up. You didn't hear that from anybody. You made that up. You and Geshem made that up. You've concocted this as a means to distract me from the good work. Instead of, instead of letting this opposition be a distraction to Nehemiah, Nehemiah says, I tell you what I'm going to do with this. I'm more determined than ever to do the good work God's called me to do. Verse 9. He says, they're just trying to intimidate us. 
imagining that they could discourage us to stop the work. Isn't that what rumors, isn't that what distractions are for? So you'll stop the work. Isn't that what the enemy really wants to do in your life is, is get you to stop the good work that you're doing? Isn't that really the plan that the enemy has in your life? If I can distract you enough, you'll stop building. You'll stop believing. You'll stop the comeback. You'll stop rebuilding the walls. You'll stop putting, putting doors at that place of transition and fortifying your heart in that transition. So, so Nehemiah in verse 9, he ends it like this. So I continued the work with even greater determination. I love that about Nehemiah. That's what you need to do. When, when there's distractions that come into your life, when, when the enemy's trying to pull you off of mission and pull you away from what God's called you to do. No, no, no. I'm going to work with even more. Let that be fuel for you. Let, let, just keep working. Put, the Bible says it like this. He put a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. That's literally, you can read that in your Bible. He literally put a tool, he put a hammer in one hand. He, he put a trowel in one hand. I'm, I'm laying stones and, I'm, and he put a sword in the other one and I'm fighting down. I'm not going to stop the work. I'll fight off this distraction and I'll keep doing what God called me to do. Come on, I'll fight off this distraction. I'll fight all the rumors off. But I am, I'm doing what God's called me to do. I will not stop. One of the biggest potential distractions that comes with success. Listen, one of the biggest possible distractions you'll face as you begin this comeback and rebuilding and success in your life is, is the distraction of an entitled spirit. Nehemiah gets, he gets, so I'm, I'm working hard. I'm more determined than I ever have. And you got to be careful. You got to be careful you don't gather an entitled spirit because of the price I've paid. I'm entitled to this. Nehemiah could have said, you know, I can't believe you would say that about me. I'm entitled. God called me to do this. God gave me favor with King Artaxerxes. God gave us the money to complete this. God's hands on me. And he could have become entitled. You, you could start believing you deserve what you... I deserve some more Benjamins. Come on, somebody. I deserve this money. I deserve this pay raise. God owes me this wall. God owes me this success. It's, it's, a prob, it's a distraction that could come into your life if you're not careful. Verse 10 says, Later I went to visit Shemaiah. So Nehemiah is now visiting somebody else. And he said, Let's meet together. Inside the temple of God and will bolt the doors shut because your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. Now all of this is about distraction. So now Nehemiah meets with somebody else and they realize I can't get you to go meet us in the plain of Ono. We tried five different times. Then we spread rumors about you that you were trying to become king. That didn't work. So now, listen close. Why don't you come meet me in church? I'm your buddy. I've got some intel Come on, the enemies have a bounty on you. They're coming for you tonight. Let's go inside and hide ourselves in the temple. And Nehemiah, listen close. He had the authority to use the temple. He could have abused his power and said, you know what? I deserve this. I can go to the temple. I can go lock myself in there anytime I want to. I can go. You know what? I deserve a little extra right now. I've earned this. I've worked hard on this. I've been working hard. You know what? I kind of deserve this. That's a good idea. Let's go to the temple and lock ourselves in there. Come on, I got keys. I can get us in the back door. You know what I'm saying? I got that back door access. I know, I know where the stuff is. I know where they keep the good stuff. Come on, somebody. I, I, I can get in there. We could do that. It, it could have been that entitled spirit that he would have raised up inside Nehemiah, that distracted him. Verse 11, but I replied, 
Should someone in my position run from danger? And should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? In other words, he recognizes the spirit of entitlement that could raise up inside of him. And then he said, no, I won't do it. He stops that distraction right in his tracks. Verse 12, I realized that God had not spoken to this so-called friend of mine, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. There's some people who are close to you that you think are your friends that are being used by your enemy to distract you. Gosh, I wish I had a season to preach this to you. There's some people who use spiritual language to you and I, I, I this is oh God's calling me and God told me to tell you you better you better be careful you got to know that you know you got to get in God's word and you got to get a voice of spiritual authority in your life who can go no 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 I don't care that they said God said meet them in the temple that's the enemy hired them to come distract you verse 13 they were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin and then they'll be able to accuse me and discredit me. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to make you a traitor all along. <laughs> and I know. And I know it sounds odd. Pastor, why would you be saying? I mean, there are some spiritual people who are giving me advice. And you need to. And you ought to. And you ought to heed that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's sometimes, there's some people who use spiritual language. And they even use church. Or God said. Or God's leading me. And really it's the enemy trying to distract you. From what God's called. And you know it in your heart. You know that don't sound right. That doesn't sound like my church. That doesn't sound like my pastor. I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like my brother. I, I, that doesn't sound like my sister. It sounds like a rumor that I've heard. That, I, I'm not going to let that distract me. And Nehemiah says, I know I'm entitled to feel this way. But I won't do it. I'm not going to let you trap me in this sin. Then discredit me. I'm not going to hide out. I'm not going to take special privileges. I'm not going to lead with an entitled heart. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to lead with an entitled heart. You can't lead your family. You can't lead in business. You can't lead in church. You can't lead your own spiritual life with an entitled heart. It will let you down if you feel like, well, I deserve this. And it, it, uh, this, is, this is what this is God owes me. No, no, no. It wasn't about me when we got started on this wall, and it's not going to be about me now. Nehemiah said, none of this was ever about me. None of this was ever about my reputation. None of this was ever about what, what I, no, 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 this was God's, I didn't come here to make a name for myself. I came here to build the wall because God called me to do this. I didn't come here to be popular. I didn't come here so you'd like me. I came here because God called me. Come on, somebody. You got to get a boldness in the face of distraction in your life. Sandballot, Tobiah, Geshem, you can taunt me. You can threaten me. You can discourage me. You can scare me. You can try to distract me. Verse six, verse three in, in, in chapter six says, and I sent messengers to them saying, this is my favorite part. I, got, I, I preached the whole series to get you to this verse. I sent a message, Nehemiah says, back to all of those enemies who tried to scare, taunt, threaten, distract, destroy, discourage. And here's what I said. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Brandy and I have a plaque in our home that says just this phrase from Nehemiah 6 and 3, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. 
When you, when you get discouraged in your parenting, when you get discouraged in building your marriage that's healthy and God-honoring, when you get discouraged in building a spiritual life, when you get discouraged clawing your way back from addiction, and, 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 and when you get discouraged from taking over your thought life and, and, and really building a positive, when you get discouraged, remember, I'm doing a great work. I love this too, because four weeks ago when we started, God called Nehemiah, the Bible says, to a good work. But after he's been working for 52 days on the wall, after, after he's fought hell and back, after he's got opposition and devils and demonic attack and spiritual attack and internal attack and insecurities and distractions, now Nehemiah calls it a great work. I'm doing, this is, this is not just good. I'm doing a great work. And I cannot come down. Why should the work stop, he says, while I leave it and come down to you? Why should I stop the great thing that I started here and come down and let you distract me? Why should I get off this ladder that, that I know God's called me to and building this wall and fighting and, and, and tool in one hand and a sword in the other? Why should I stop? Why should I come down and, and, and find myself in this lowest common denominator with you and distractions? No, no, no. I'm not trying, write this in your notes, I'm not trying to do what's impressive. I'm trying to do what's important. I'm not trying to do what's impressive. I'm called to do something important. I'm called to build this wall. I'm, I'm doing a great work. I, I'm not coming down to try to impress you. I'm trying to do what God called me to do. I'm not trying to do what's popular. I'm trying to do what my purpose is. And if, if, you're, if you're constantly chasing the impressive and the, and the popular, then you'll never do the important and the purposeful. I'm doing a great work. I'm not coming down. I'm not backing off. I'm not taking my eyes off the prize. This is what God's called me. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to build our business. And I believe God has called me. God gave me this business. And God is my provider. And God is my source. And He's our provision. I'm called to love kids in kids ministry at City Hills. And, and, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm, you can't distract me. From this, you're paying off your debt. I'm called to get out of debt so we can be generous, radically generous with God and His kingdom. And you're doing it dollar by dollar. And you're paying off debt. You're called to live a pure life. I'm saving myself in marriage. I'm doing a good work. You cannot distract me from the good work God's called me to do. Come on. You've got something to do. And I know there's voices of discouragement. And I know there's spiritual opposition. And I know people are laughing and I know you're trying, you're trying to do good and, and, and there's so much trying to distract you away. But you cannot come down. You just can't come down. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Verse 14, Nehemiah goes back to where he started in prayer and he says, Remember, O God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Nodiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who tried to intimidate me. Verse 15, that's what the Bible says in Nehemiah 6 and 15. So on October the 2nd, this is translated, it was the Jewish calendar, but it was, it was October the 2nd. On, on, on October the 2nd, the wall was finished, listen, just 52 days after it had begun. Now I've preached four weeks on 52 days. There's a whole book of the Bible on 52 days of work. There's a lot of hell you can face in a short amount of time. There's a lot of distraction. 
There's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of opposition. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of chances for you to mess up. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, I don't know, and is it right, and should I, and no plans, and clear plans. And there's, a, there's a lot that can happen in 52 short days. And listen, in 52 days, they didn't get some massive miracle from God, everybody. They didn't have no talking donkey, everybody. They didn't have no food coming down out of heaven. They didn't have a burning bush. There was no parting of any sea. There was no fire from the sky. There was no army of 10-foot angels with eyes that were blazing, you know, wielding heavenly swords or chainsaws. There was nobody singing, we are the champions. Come on, somebody. It was just an ordinary guy with a vision from God. And God showed up because he made a comeback. He promised to do what God had called him to do. And he fought for it. And he wasn't distracted by his enemies. And he accomplished the impossible. He made a comeback. Verse 16, and we'll pray. When our enemies and the surrounding nations had heard about it, when finally everybody hears what God has accomplished through you, through the comeback that you made, through rebuilding your marriage, through rebuilding a broken down ministry, through rebuilding your faith when it was lost, through rebuilding relationship with your kids, through rebuilding your finances in the middle of a pandemic when the business is all but gone, and rebuilding all of that, when they heard about what God had done, they were frightened and humiliated. And they realized, verse 16, what this whole thing was all about anyway. And they realized the work had been done with the help of our God. And the good work, the great work that God's called you to do can only be done with the help of a great God on your side, fighting for you, encouraging you, cheering you on. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament talks about the great cloud of witnesses in heaven that are cheering you on in, that, in Hebrews 11 in the chapter of faith. Come on, there are people who've gone on before you who are cheering you on to complete and finish, do the good work that God's called you to do. And I know there's opposition. I know there's a chance for you to be distracted. But today, I got to tell you, as we wrap this series up, to not be distracted. I am doing a great work. Write this in, in the chat. Every single person at Church Online this weekend, you write this, you type this, you put it in big bold letters, you write it on a plaque, you put it on your mirror, you write it on an index card, put it on the fridge. I'll always find something on the fridge. Come on, somebody. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing what God's called me to do, and I just can't come down. I, I, I know that it looks like opportunity. I know, I, I know that there's rumors. I know that there's gossip about, but listen, i got to do what God's called me to do. I know it may not be popular. I know you may not understand. I know it may be hard going to King Artaxerxes and asking for money and protection. And I know you got to get a plan written out. I know you got to have some clear vision. I know you got to bathe it all in prayer. you got to be a person of prayer, a person of faith. Come on. Matter of fact, in just a couple of weeks, we kick off 21 days of prayer again as a church family. 21 days, 6 a.m. in the morning, Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock every Saturday. We're going to be seeking God for 21 concentrated days because we're needing a comeback everybody I need a comeback you need a comeback our faith our country our families our marriages our relationship our thought life our spiritual life our church family we need a comeback and we're doing a good work and we cannot come 
wherever you are, church online this weekend. I know you bow your heads, gather your family around. If you are at church with somebody, wherever you are, you can be in the car watching on your phone. You could be around the kitchen table. Take somebody by the hand. Just as a point of faith, bow your heads. And from the deepest part of your heart, why don't you ask God something like this? Jesus, I need that kind of comeback. God, I, I, I feel like there's some things broken down in my life. I feel vulnerable. The walls are broken down. The gates are broken down. I'm in transition. This is a tough time. This has been a tough season. And I need to rebuild and I need to come back. And I feel a stirring after four weeks in this book. After four weeks in this series, I feel a call of God to do something, a good work you have for me to do. But God, there's opposition. God, there's distraction. So God, I'm recommitting to building the things that I'm supposed to build. Come on, pray that from the depths of your heart. God, I commit to rebuilding some stuff I've let, I've, I've let lay in ruins for too long. I've, I've let my thought life run wild and negativity and gossip and rumors to run wild. And I'm, I'm stopping it now. I'm, I'm rebuilding a positive thought life, a life of faith. I'm rebuilding what comes out of my mouth. I've spent months now cursing everything under the sun. The government's wrong. The city's wrong. Everybody's wrong. These people are the problem. Those people are the problem. I'm, I'm going to take back control. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to speak life and not death. I'm going to rebuild some stuff in my life. I, I'm going to rebuild my spiritual life. I haven't prayed. I haven't been in God's Word. I haven't fasted a single day. I, I, I really haven't, I haven't, I haven't had devotion or quiet time with God. I'm using this season to rebuild. Our marriage is struggling. Our relationship is in, in shambles. Uh, it's tough with my kids right now. We haven't spoken in weeks, months, or maybe years. But I'm committed to the good work. And I keep praying. Because there's some times in your life you've got to speak to your enemy. He hears what comes out of your mouth. I tell you this often. He doesn't know your thoughts. But he can hear your mouth. So why don't you remind him something like this. Hey, devil, just so you know, I'm serving notice on hell today. I'm doing a good work. I am not coming down. I'm not coming down for any negativity. I'm not coming down to participate in any of the rumors. I don't care what they say. I don't care what you're distracting me with. I'm not coming down for even stuff that looks like good opportunity. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down for an entitlement. I'm not going to let entitlement take over my heart. I'm not going to let negativity take over my mind. I'm not going to let doubt and fear rule. I'm doing a good work. I'm not going to be distracted and intimidated. I'm not going to be humiliated by you. I'm doing a good work. And I cannot come down. I, I, I'm not giving up on rebuilding. I'm not giving up on the comeback. Just so you know, devil, I'm coming back. I'm, I, our marriage is coming back. Our ministry is coming back. My faith is coming back. Come on, let that stir inside of you. My hope's coming back. My joy is coming back. Peace is coming back. My rest is coming back. Our family's coming back. Our church is coming back. Just so you know, devil, this is notice on hell. I'm doing a good work, and I am not coming down, and I am coming back. Come on in Jesus' name. 
stay in this posture of prayer. If you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, I can't close this series without giving you a chance to make the ultimate comeback. The ultimate comeback is a sinner, is someone who's lost in darkness, separated from God, lost on your own, doing your own thing. You know that you know inside of your heart you're not where you should be spiritually. You may have been a Christian in the past and you've walked away, gotten cold, just separated from God. If that's you or you've never given your heart to Jesus, maybe you just know you're at church this weekend, you stumbled across this video on Facebook or YouTube or somebody shared it, and it's for you to make a comeback today. You're tired of looking at the shambles of your life. You're tired of looking at the broken down places in your life. You're you're humiliated and vulnerable and realize all the stuff that's been broken down in your world if that's you today. I'm reaching for you to pray a prayer of surrender that sounds like this. It's got to come from deep in your heart. I can lead you in it, but I can't pray it for you. So out loud with your voice from your heart, pray this. Lord Jesus, I'm lost. I'm broken down. I'm feel some things in my life are destroyed. I'm vulnerable. I'm far from God. I'm a sinner. And I repent today. Come on, say that. God, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doing it my way. I'm sorry for what led me to this bondage. I'm, so, I'm sorry for how I allowed my life to go as far as it's gone. Never meant for it to do that. So I repent today. I turn around. God, I choose you today and not my own desires. I choose your way and not my way. God, I believe that what Jesus did on the cross pays, covers all of my sin, makes me right before God. So I receive that today. Come on, say that. I receive that forgiveness from God. I trade all of my sin for everlasting life today. I trade all of my mistakes and my hopes and my dreams and my future. I trade all of that in on peace and joy and forgiveness and grace and mercy and love. And I come back. God, I come home today. God, I give you my whole life. Be the Lord of my life today. I thank you for making me brand new. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody, shout in your living room a big amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, don't go anywhere. 60 more seconds of your time. Because if you prayed that prayer, you started something today. You didn't stop. It's not, a prayer of salvation is really, it's it's all inclusive. The moment you surrendered your heart to God, you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart. The Bible says you're saved. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I believe all that. But it's the beginning. It's not the ending of the relationship. It's the wedding. But now you're going to build and build and build a lifetime of following Jesus. And our church would love to come alongside you and help you. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or the first time in a long time, why don't you just fill that connection card out? You'll find it in this video. There's a connection card and there's a place that said, I made a fresh start with God. If you'll select that on your connection card, hit submit. Our team will send you one thing in the mail this week. It's a simple letter from me congratulating you on a new life, congratulating you on this step of faith and the fresh start you made with God. And I have a book. It's a real thin, simple book. You can read it in probably half an hour called A Fresh Start with God. It gives you some next steps in your life. This church would love to rally around you, come alongside you, help you find everything you've been searching for. Come on. We're in this together, everybody. It's our honor to do that. All right, we always end church giving to God, and I want to lead you in that as we leave church online today. If you're prepared to give, if God's been talking to your heart, if you call this place home, or if you've been blessed by the ministry of this church, thank you for your generosity and tithing. 
Really, your tithing is, is the fuel for the mission of City Hills Church. Everything that we do, uh, as, as we give literally tens of thousands of dollars in our community and outside of our community and around the world, every single month, all of that's possible because of you, all the ministry we do, and bringing this weekend experience to you. All of it's made possible because of you, the faithful, generous people of this church. And thank you for giving online. There's some information about how you can text to give and how you can give online or set up an automatic giving. Brandy and I give digitally in this season. You can mail a check in if you'd prefer to do that. All that information's in the video here. Let me just say thank you from, from my heart as your pastor. Thank you for how generous you are. You really are changing the world. You really are. There, there are tons of people who are meeting Jesus every week because of this ministry, because of you and your generosity. And I'm so grateful for you. Listen, next week's going to be amazing. I'm wrapping up this series. Next week, I got something very special for you. I can't wait for church online next week. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Get your watch party back together. Get everybody. Bring the family. Bring the homies. Come on, get all your friends. Bring your in-laws over. Bring somebody to the house. Have a big watch party. We have a special weekend service prepared just for you next weekend at Church Online. I love you. I can't wait to see you there. Have a great week.